Hello, Bob, Marsha, and others. It's uh, Leo Bissonnette from Canada. Bob, I'm so pleased that Access World is bringing this to us. Um, unfortunately, this year I can't be at CSUN. I just retired and don't have the funding and really welcome this opportunity to uh, be in on these two presentations. Last year I was part of a focus group uh, when they were presenting or looking for information on GPS needs and I'll be keen to come back tomorrow afternoon to see what's come out of it. So compliments to you and compliments to Sundaro. Thank you, Leo. Yeah, we're going to start shortly here. Um, Bob, is there anything you wanted to say before we, we get going? Well, the date is of the, uh, let me get the right date, 28th of, uh, of February, and we're so pleased to be here uh, with Sendero uh, at the, via the Internet. This is AccessibleWorld.org. We're in the Pat Price Tech Talk training room. We'll be here tomorrow at 5 o'clock Eastern time for the Seeing Eye um, app discussion. And uh, we welcome all of you to our Tech Talk programs every Monday evening at 8 o'clock right here. And my commercial is over. Welcome, everybody. Okay, well, this is Mike May from Sendero Group with uh, Charles LaPierre. And I think Sherry is in here from Sendero. Our booth downstairs uh, has Jamie and Gina and uh, probably the Sweetman folks, Bob and Sue Sweetman, down uh, working in the booth. So I wanted to thank everybody for coming up here. And unlike uh, a lot of sessions that we do, this is not about a product that's being released. This is about one that we want to see released. So I'm really, uh, I wanted to have something like this more to establish a fan club and, a, and a, a, a cheerleading group as much as anything else because this is, uh, this People Finder application is something I've been looking for for years and we finally have the first prototype of it to start playing with and to start, start creating the dialogue. First I want to talk about why we need this and then we'll talk a bit more about the specific prototype application that we've cobbled together in the last couple weeks for this conference. It's always good to have these conferences because they create milestones that you really don't want to miss because the next big opportunity is the July consumer shows. The, the reason for this is pretty obvious to any blind person, but it's amazing to me that it wasn't that obvious to a lot of other folks. We're not. Uh, to be on the same one that they're on. So uh, the, if they're running this app and have it on, I could potentially see a situation where all of a sudden you hear the ding, their phone shows up, and you know, oh, they're on this bus, so let me get on this. Yeah. Mike, you like. Okay, sorry to the, the group online. Uh, we should have checked to make sure we were coming through, but uh, we've covered lots of ground here, and sorry uh, you guys missed out, but I, hopefully we're back on, and Charles is monitoring the computer now, so we should stay online. So we're going around and just asking for people's comments right now, and uh, anybody else? Mika. Mika? Um, I would just say Spotty sounds like a cool app for conferences, but just if you can make sure that it's available you know, beyond conferences and just at home or wherever people might be, as well. Yeah, so we were talking about SpotMe, the conference app, and it is really dedicated just to these kinds of applications. But we, we obviously want to have a Find Me app for wherever you want to use it that's independent from a comprehensive conference application. Absolutely. Anybody else? Uh, Emma, just... Um Earlier, I was trying to work with, with Julian and trying to follow Julian, and I could, I could see that he was selected, but I couldn't see the options for quite a long time. So I restarted the phone. Now I, I do. I've, I've 
I buzzed Charles now, so I know it works, but it, yes, so there was a few times there that I couldn't see the options relating to the person's and do, you th do you, and do you think this will work well in the pubs in Ireland? <laughs> I think it will work well in the tube stations in London as well. Ah, the tubes in London. Well, outside, you know, there's so many exits and things, and it's really, really difficult to, to get the right one. So I, I think it will be very useful. But everyone's got to have it. That's the thing. That, that is the thing. It's the momentum. How do you, how do you make it happen? That, again, that's why conferences are so good, because... You can you can be part of the sign up. You can say here here's the deal, and sometimes it, I mean it could be in a badge, it could be in your own personal device, which is the preferred way to have it happen. But you can create the momentum at a conference that you might not otherwise be able to take advantage of. Anybody else? The the spot me people, by the way, have one of the the I think the useful things will be with them is that they they're used to having. 1,000 or 5,000 devices at a conference all going. So they've dealt commercially and technically with this idea of signals colliding and how to deal with mass volumes. And he said, as soon as we get to the point where we really want to commercialize this, which would be in our phase two funding, then we can actually test on 1,000 units and see what happens. Because it could be a whole new world. I mean, it might be fine for three or five people but crazy if you get over a hundred. That's it's there. That's an awful lot of signals. But at the same time, you consider the fact that we all have cell phones working in this hotel, and they, you know, they, we don't cross up our lines there. So it, it's technically doable, but just something that we have to realize separates a prototype from an actual commercial product. Well, Jim, Jim, I like the specificity of it because yes we all have cell phones and we could all try and call each other if, if we think we're around there but we all have similar rings too so I, I think that this gives a little more specifics as to you know who's around and I, I was in a conference this morning at a, a meeting this morning and one guy was trying to find somebody and was kind of you know, uh, shouting out his name a little bit, you know, over the yes. speaker. Jim, Jim. Yeah, I heard that guy. Yeah. <laughs> and he finally said, well, I'll g <clears throat> let me get up, or I don't know, maybe it was one in my room, you were in a different room, but this guy said, well, hey, I'll go out in the hall and try to find you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this works well. I, I'm very happy with that. <laughs> one other thing uh, to be aware of is that if, right now, if your screen locks, I don't think you're going to get any feedback. So I, if you go into, if you go into <laughs> settings, there's an auto lock that you can, it's probably set to five minutes or something, you change it to never, at least for now, uh, you know, you'll lose a little battery life, but if you're going to be running the app and, and playing the game over the next couple of days, particularly when you're in a public location in the exhibit hall or in the bar, then uh, I would turn the auto lock to never, and it'll keep running. Mike, I have a couple of questions, Julie Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I was curious about is since it knew that uh, we were at the bar yesterday, how did it get that reference point? It's, it doesn't have any, any awareness of location. It, it would if you set a reference point. Right. Um, so now it, it's associating that particular lat lawn or that position with where you are, and then you move relative to it. So does that mean that somebody created that reference point using the app? No. I mean, it didn't know you were in the bar. You could have been in a church. Well, because it said, it said so many feet or near the, near the bar. It said that yesterday. You'd have to reset the reference point and type you, in the bar into your... I don't think, unless 
Do you think? Really? So if I set bar or somebody else set the bar there. Maybe yeah, somebody must have. So. Ah. I don't That's that would be a feature they put in there that we didn't know about. <laughs> yeah. Well, that would be cool uh, because then something like this. Or, Huh. Somebody maps all these things, and it's huh. everybody who uses the app can access it. So I'd be curious, because I think I set this room as suite 817. <laughs> we'll have to try it and see if I assume you know, it will just show up on my phone, but maybe it will show up on yours, too. And then the other question I had is you, you mentioned that you can buzz or call, and then you said if, if you don't show your number, <coughs> if you can call the person but not have your number revealed. Yeah. Is that call being done through the telephone network, or is that being a, a direct Bluetooth I, I believe it's being done directly. The, the Bluetooth is... Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, the call isn't going through Bluetooth, but it's it's capturing the phone identity through Bluetooth. Right. But then how is it placing... When you say, when you say call, I assume it's a phone call. It's just a regular phone call. Yeah. So it's actually initiating the call through your cell service? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so how does it tell it not to send your number? No, it will. Oh, okay. we, we, we just pass it on to the regular iPhone, call this, you know, and it just happens whatever. Oh, yeah. So we we have no way to make anonymous calls to somebody okay. else. It'll respect whatever you have in your caller ID settings. So if you say that your number is blocked, then it's going to show up blocked. If it's visible, it'll show up as, as visible. Mike, I have a feature suggestion. Uh-huh. What if, could you have kind of three or four stuck buzzes, texts, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm near, near you, or I'm looking for you, uh-huh. something, so you don't have to type anything. Oh, yeah, pre-stock. Yeah. Things, like, these are good. Uh, so, so, so can I wait? Sometimes you just have to type cool. things. Yeah, you, you don't have to type in a message now when you buzz somebody, but I think you're right. If we can have some unique signals associated, because you don't know what, uh, I think, yeah, I mean, we have the ding right now. That's kind of the... the something for near and something for... Warm, you know, different signals. Right, that's a good idea. Or mm-hmm. better user customizable, like you maybe give five slots that a user can pre-program. Uh huh. Good. Doug Wakefield here. I mm-hmm. discovered something very interesting that I want to suggest. Just sitting here, and that is that I think some sort of protocol has to be developed or ought to be developed. Let's put it that way. Among the users, you talk about us being a fan club. Uh, oh, yeah. How many gyms are in this room? I'm getting one. <laughs> ah, for the naming, the naming protocol. Yes, yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, I can't tell for sure which. I generally use a braille display in my phone. My ears. Yeah. But um, do we have a... a, a uh, we have Charles with the Sendero group. He keeps showing up. I don't know. I, I turned off my phone, and I when I turned back on the application, it'll automatically pop up. I see. And, uh, <coughs> and, uh, so I've had Jim. I've had, I think it was Jeannie. Uh, Judy keeps showing yeah. up. And Just like a bad penny. <laughs> but, but it's always so-and-so's iPhone. If yeah. you walk into Redfields, and I'm looking for something, or I'm just wondering who's there... Uh, it doesn't help to say Jimmy, John, Frank, Pete, Michael. Yeah. Well, yeah. Put in our actual names. Yeah. Right. And that's what I think we want to think about is how do we want to be found? We're not trying to hide. We're trying to be exposed. Yeah. You know, I wonder if you could, um, 
you know, if there's some things you could do automatically, because you can certainly try to educate people and say, look, if, if your name is Mike or Jim or Doug, you might want to uh, say something else. Um, Judy Dixon from Arlington, Virginia. Right, you can do that. You know, that's, that's user education. But the other thing is, what can we do automatically? Um, maybe there's something you can capture from, or maybe even their area code would help. You know, I'm Mike530. Um, something else that would, they, where the system could automatically identify us. Yeah, some people may not want to display their last name. Um, right, but I, I think Doug's suggestion is one we'll just put on the wish list, which is let's let's find some mechanism, even if it's just prompting people to say, by the way, do a first and last name or do something that's unique. I mean, we don't have the benefit of you know a, um, a domain registration where we can say, sorry, that's already taken. You know, you've got to be Mike May 105. <laughs> Yeah. Mike, Glenn Dash back here. I just have one question. Um, and I'm not sure if it's unique to my phone because it, it is kind of quirky. Um, but I've noticed in either dragging my finger down the A little louder, Glenn. Sure. Uh, in dragging my finger down the screen and clicking through the options to see who's around, uh, it loses its place uh, about halfway through the list. Running a 4S, so I'm not sure. Yeah, that's a that's a programming issue. We have we have some of that in the CNI GPS settings, where you're flicking, and I find that it tends to um, if you go too fast. So if if you flick, you let it finish saying its thing, and then you flick again. Yeah, I tend to fly through. You, you don't lose your spot, but if you're flying through it, it it seems to jump the information or the positions change. Um, I want to see if we have anybody, uh, Charles, if you can. Uh, open up the, the yeah. chat room, see if anybody on the chat room has a question on this topic. All right, let me see. Or a suggestion. Okay, any questions from this end, please? Yes, um, this is Marsha. And I would like to know, uh, pretty much, you know, how we came up with the idea of the people finder. And is this, could this be used with plain note takers, or is this particularly for the iDevices. Yes, we're only on the iDevices right now and no Android, but there's no reason the same thing couldn't happen on an Android device. Mike, this is Jerry Hogan. Do you think that you're able to uh, maybe put in a, a to control uh, like um, uh, a room like 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 uh, on the app, the people finder, you say, well, I'm going to be in room, I'm going to create a room 101 dot one, so you type that in on your phone, and then, and then when people come in there, they see one on one, dot one, and then oh, uh, they know all the people. You know, like have a private key for that room. And uh, how much will the app go for? You think maybe? Oh, no idea. When when we're in prototype stage, we don't even tell people prices when the product is you know not even not out in a week. So it is, this could be out in six months or never. Uh, but, you know, the, the truth is on these iOS and these mobile devices, you don't see apps over 100 bucks. And, uh, frankly, I would easily pay that much. It, it could be free. Who knows? 
I mean, the other thing is that it can be sponsored, you know, as part of a conference situation. It would be nice that it just comes with your registration. And that would give, be a way for people to get turned on to it, and then they go off on their own. They say, hey, I want to have that in my own private uh, bag of apps. That's a good idea. Okay, any more questions at this time? I think we're getting caught up as to what happened here. Okay, well, um, we'll, take a, we'll see if there's any more questions here. We want to leave some time for people to... Um, Charles is, is wrestling with a few phones here on the floor already. Um, so we can just kind of, uh, we'll, we'll just chat among ourselves in the room. And if anybody needs some help or if we, uh, I'm going to run my app and see who's around. We'll just play with it for a bit. Um, you went, go ahead, Doug. Yeah. An application that Judy and I have found extremely useful, and that would be, I could see it being rolled into something like this very nicely. Are you familiar with HeyTal? Yes. Yeah, HeyTal is, it's one of the many applications that, again, you, you, uh, you, know, you have to sign up for it, and you've got to be on the HeyTel uh, app. I mean, it, it does run in the background, but it's, for those who don't know, it's a voice messaging system. So it's like text messages, except it's actually sending your voice to somebody, and it's really nice quality. And uh, the thing I like it about it is you get an actuality from the person. You know, I could text somebody that I'm on Space Mountain in Disneyland, but if you send them a Haytel message, they get uh, the actuality of it, which is much more exciting than just a text message. And uh, absolutely, if you Haytelled somebody and said, hey, by the way, wake up your people finder or I'm, I'm looking for you in the bar, it's just one other way to help alert somebody that you're uh, nearby. Now, I just got a text message. I'm going to be clear as to who it's from. I think it was Charles. Yeah. Right. I just, Hi, Doug. Yeah. Okay. But it doesn't say my name? Yeah, no. It does. It does. It does. It does. Charles and Daryl. Uh-huh. Charles and Daryl. <laughs> when he sent me a message. Well, no, it's just Mr. Charles. Hey, all right. I'm a Mr. Charles. Which, which reminds me, it'd be, it'd be fun. On Haytel, you can, if you pay a dollar or two or something, you can get the group feature, and then you could set up your own groups. That would be fun with the, the people finder as well, if you can establish your groups. We're taking notes on these the lists, Charles? I hope somebody is. Maybe Katie is back, on, back a, at home. Uh, uh, um, it would be nice to be able to have people finder groups. So you could do a blast. Charles just said hi, or I'm in the bar. You know, we use Haytel for Sendero and work conferences. So rather than having to call or text everybody individually, I just say I pick the group as my destination, and I say I'm headed down to get coffee. Uh, anybody want to join me? Come on down. And then it goes to everybody. Like something I'm finding confusing. Uh, if somebody sends a text, there's a reply button, and I can click that and then I can write my text and then there's a reply. Button. It is, yeah. And it's, I don't know which, it was like... It's bad button. nomenclature. Yeah. The other one should be send. Some, yes. So that should be send. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I wondered about that as well and I thought, well, I don't see anything else to press. I guess I'll press the reply That's for the I second did. time. Oh, that must be right. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the tricky thing about testing this going forward is once we leave, uh, I mean, Judy and Doug will have it and they can find each other, but... Yeah, if wrong. you know, if you only have one device, yeah. it's, it's, it's not much you can do to test it. Not many people in Utah. <laughs> 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 
Yeah. So we'll, uh, I guess the plan will be for people testing is try to get two devices, get it on even on an, you know, an iPod or something or somebody else in your household. We'll just have to get people paired up so that they have some, at least one other person to test with. Okay, um, one last call for any questions uh, on the, the chat room, and otherwise we're going to sign off um, the formal presentation for right now. Anything else out there? Mike, before you close, could you in three minutes kind of summarize the first half hour that we missed? Is that possible, just how it got started? I think you said that answered Marcia's question, just to bring our audience a little bit more up to date, but we're really impressed so far. Sure, just in, in wrapping up and in summary, what we're doing here is we have a prototype people finder application using Bluetooth to localize people in our vicinity 30 to 100 feet away and to be able to contact them or just know that they're around. And this was through a NIDR SBIR Phase 1 grant. The Phase 2 grant is up to three-quarters of a million dollars where one could really seriously commercialize this and that's uh, something that comes about within a couple of months of this app, of this uh, period closing. So I'd say maybe by June or so we might be submitting the SBR Phase 2. And then it's several months that gets reviewed and hopefully we get some good reviewers who don't go out there and say, well, blind people don't need this. And we can actually uh, commercialize it. And the big part of that is they need to see that there is a market for it. So that's why we're, we'll focus on teaming up with other companies to show that this is something that can commercially be successful through conferences as well as just being a standalone iPhone app. Um, that's really the summary of what we have so far. We, we will be testing this in the next few days and, and maybe we'll give a brief update on Friday to, to see if, if there's any exciting thing that comes out of it. Uh, we might be making a few changes in the app and uh, when we have the session on Friday at 2, and I encourage anybody who wants to know more about the CNI GPS to come back on, online on air then, and we'll, um, we'll give you an update about that as well as talking about CNI GPS. So thanks to everybody for being on, and stay tuned um, on this location and on our, the various websites. We'll be posting some chatter about this app and uh, other apps going forward. Thank you. We'll see you tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Pacific time. Go Sendero.